Okay. Well, we are gonna we're gonna bust through this because we already did the video. That's twenty like twenty two minutes of the video that you guys uh, everyone's you know been giving me feedback. It's really hard to understand what they're saying because the recording is just there's not enough highs and too much lows, and it sounds like they got washcloths over their mouth when they're talking. So we're gonna work on that for the next five sessions after tonight. But we made it through that. This is the third part of confrontation. So here we are. See, that was the slide for the video, but there's no video. Session five, confrontation, part three, results. You guys want some results? I'm a little. There we go. I had to wait for the angels to come into the room. Are you doing good, Isabel? Okay. You got a big grin on your face, so she look at her. She like looks like the Cheshire cat back here. She'd be she'd be drinking out of that mug that we have at home. Okay, confrontation part three results. Oh, is this going to be slow and painful transitioning here? No. Okay, here we go. So I know I promised at one point maybe I would get this, uh, you know, a whiteboard or something, or, and have all of the. The foundation stones, 1 through 13, but sorry, and I can't go over them with you guys because I don't have it up on the slides. But we're at foundation stone number 14 in this series called Foundations of Honor. So these are all foundation stones that are key to have a key to having a foundation of honor. And without going into preaching uh, mode, Honor is like the currency of heaven. Honor is what we want to extend to one another. We want to see one another the way God the Father sees us. We want to see each other the way Jesus sees us. We want the Holy Spirit to give us lenses to see the the gold, the treasure that God has placed in every person. I was thinking this tonight. You know, there there's four pillars of revivalist type churches or uh, four pillars of theology, whatever you want to call it. Um, Four pillars, four foundational theological thoughts or more than just thoughts, but truths that are important, that are vital. One of them is the goodness of God. We got to have that down. We need to understand and believe that God is good like all the time. He's gooder than you can imagine. He's in a good mood. He's, he's in, he's in a good mood. He's gonna, he's in a good mood, okay? Now, I know that might feel like you're stretching it to say he's in a good mood. Does God have moods? Why not? I think he created you, right? You get moody? Moody blues? Get, guys get moody? Okay, well, God is in a good mood. Jesus' blood paid for everything, okay? Everything we need for life, for godliness has been paid for in advance through the blood of Jesus. So everything that we need for the presence of God, for the gifts of the Spirit, for breakthroughs, for supernatural activity to take our life and, and flip it right side up where God is, or where the enemy has come in and tried to destroy us, Jesus paid for it. So he is good. Jesus' blood paid for everything. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Like, we have to allow God to blow our minds wide open to his possibilities. He is limitless. God is limitless. He is abundance. And the last part, and this is really important, this fits in. Everyone is significant. Everyone is significant. 
There is not one person, you sitting in the chair right now, you are significant in the kingdom. All right. So, as significant people who want to see the kingdom of God established and furthered in our lives, we want to have a foundation of honor, this royal foundation of honor. And we need to go through these tools and learn these tools of how we can work together through differences, through disagreements, through misunderstandings. Oftentimes that's just what it is. I thought you said this, but you actually said that and it felt hurtful, but you really didn't even mean that. And then I got my heart hurt and you didn't even mean to hurt my heart. And Oh Lord, have mercy. Okay, so here we go. Foundation, you guys okay? I know it's a little bit of a ramble, but I'm trying to get up to speed here. Foundation stone number 14. Stronger people. For the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the word of God. Like, our hearts can be very deceptive. How do you know you're, decept- you're deceived? You don't. That's what it means to be deceived. You don't know it. You need someone to come tell you. So the word of God, it, it will go there. It'll show you. It'll reveal to you lies that you're believing. Lies that you're believing about God. Lies you're believing about yourself and other people. Lies about your circumstances. That's the word of God will come in and bring truth. And when the truth comes in, the truth will set you free. Okay. I feel like I'm preaching tonight, guys. I hope you guys are okay. If, if, if you like it, just say amen once in a while. Make, make me feel better. Make me feel better about myself. I need a little encouragement sometimes. That's okay. As Chris Fallotton always said, that's all right. That's all right. I'll encourage myself. I already did that. Good job. Okay. Every aspect. So here we go. Every aspect of confrontation. You guys focus. I don't want you to miss this. Okay. Every aspect of confrontation creates opportunities. Say opportunities. Opportunities for people to grow and become more powerful in their ability to love God and people. Do you want to grow in your ability to love God and people? Okay, me too. So confrontation gives us opportunity to grow in that. Being vulnerable about the heart issues connected to conflict is a powerful choice. I'm telling you guys, so many times we've seen this in our church experience. This is serious. You can laugh, but just laugh quiet. Because this is serious. This, this has caused my heart to grieve and Tammy's heart to grieve. We've seen so many sons and daughters of God go through a bitter church experience where the church split all away from God. They end up divorced. They end up, their lives a mess. They don't even want to walk with God. That's how painful and bitter their experience was and has been for so many believers. We were right in the middle of it ourselves. God's grace, we were able, Tammy and I were able to navigate our little family of seven through that storm, through that ship being broken apart and sinking into the sea. And God gave us a call. He gave us a call to heal hearts. Physical hearts that have physical conditions and hearts that are wounded and broken from spiritual abuse or just misunderstandings. Because so many times people don't want to try to work through it or, or they're not even able to because people don't on the other end don't want to work through. But if people could learn how to work through their differences and work through their understandings of one another and their communication with confrontation 
and, and grab hold of these tools, we could protect what ends up happening in so many places, a split, a splant, a, a waxing. I don't know, you can call it, we're the body of Christ. And it's like hair removal. The wax goes on and whoosh, there goes 20 people out of the church. And it hurts. You can feel it. And those people leave with a lot of pain in their hearts and the people they've left feel the pain as well. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny. I kind of want to laugh and I almost want to cry at the same time. Uh, I'm crazy. No, I'm not. Bipolar. Okay, so back to, back to the notes. And we're going to get moving fast on this. So the process of exposing the truth of these heart issues, it yields invaluable wisdom and awareness about individual needs, emotions, behavior styles, and wounds, which enable people to step into greater freedom and healing. You want greater freedom and healing? Me too. Okay, glad we agreed that on that one. The courageous choice, it, is, it takes courage. You have to want to be vulnerable and go through the work. Marriage takes work. Married couples don't just get married and then it's happily ever after. You have to learn how to communicate and work through stuff because divorce is a no-fly zone. So we have, we, when we said I do to one another, we were saying I do agree that we will never wave divorce over each other's head as a threat to get our way and we are going to work through our misunderstandings. You're going to know my heart because I'm going to rip my chest wide open. And you're going to see, you're, you're going to see what really makes me tick. What really ticks me off. No. <laughs> you're going to see what makes my heart beat. And you're going to know my heart for you by spending time with me and allowing me to share my heart for you. So that when something ugly does happen in communication, I kind of short. My temper gets in the way. I communicate kind of rudely because I'm tired or whatever excuse I want to come up with. There may be legitimate excuses, but there's no excuse. And then she gets hurt. She can always know he's having a moment, but that's not his heart for me. So you and I in this house, we can have a moment. But hopefully we will know each other's hearts for one another. You guys good? You okay? Okay, this is kind of mixed of preaching and trying to get through this. Okay, I'm going to hurry. No, I'm going to slow down. No, I'm going to hurry. Okay, I'm good. Wait, no. The courageous choice to step toward one another. Aha. See, we don't do the hair rip. We don't do the wax on, wax off. No, we step toward one another in the midst of disconnection. When we, when we make a courageous choice to do that, it strengthens people's commitment to being people of honor and building honoring relationships. Successful confrontation increases, here's the, the blessing, it increases the level of power, freedom, and honor in individual lives. But it ain't easy. Examine your foundation. So here's your self-inventory time. How has confrontation increased your self-awareness and understanding of your needs and your emotions and behavior style and wounds? See, confrontation can reveal wounds that we have inside of us. How has confrontation, either confronting or being confronted, required you to be more powerful? You guys know what that means when it says to be more powerful? It doesn't mean to be the more powerful one to win the argument. No, it means to rise up in, in the power of, of the man or woman of God that you are. 
and walking in humility towards one another with the goal of healing and mending connections. Okay. Core value. A successful confrontation enables people to grow in vulnerability. I need to be able to be vulnerable around you guys. I hope you are able more and more to be vulnerable around me. Grow in vulnerability, self-awareness, wisdom, love, courage, freedom, and commitment to honor. I think that's a good foundation stone, core value, whatever you want to call it. I get these terms mixed up in this. Danny's such a brilliant guy, and then he's got all these different for each part. So here we go, foundation stone number 15. Who wants to read a scripture for me? It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth, and if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A third stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, the message. Stranded rope is not easily snapped. I remember they used that at our wedding. Craig had the. See, it's it's you and it's me, and it's Jesus. And if we're if we're working our relationship together with that third strand, we're not going to be easily broken, because he is he is the the third part of that rope, the third part of that that cord that that provides all of the unbreakable strength that's needed. Successful confrontation will always strengthen. Okay? Confrontation itself is not guaranteed to strengthen things. Successful confrontation, as we pull from this curriculum, pull from these tools that we've learned to have successful confrontation, it will always strengthen relational connections. Confrontation. What happened? Okay. It's like, is my fly open or something? <laughs> Confrontation not only helps to identify and resolve issues causing disconnections. I'm going to look over on this side. Where was I at? I got lost. Okay, I'm just going to just try to ignore what you guys are doing over here. Confrontation not only helps to identify and resolve issues causing disconnections, it enables people to love one another more skillfully, which prevents conflict and makes connections more conflict resilient. The process of identifying one another's needs and working together to meet them will build the deepest level of intimacy in relationships. This is God's design for relationships. Mutual submission. Aha. This is really important. A lot of times in churches, it's a one-way street, right? We've all been there. The leader just says, no, you, they have to submit to me because I'm the leader. Same with husbands. Sometimes they take that Bible verse in Ephesians, and they're like, they're going to run that one. They're going to run their wife with that one right to her grave or your grave. Wife, submit to me, and I can be a jerk all I want. No, 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 no. That's not how it says. Anyway, that's not how it says. S-E-Z. Isn't that how you spell it? 
No, this is God's design for relationships, mutual submission and mutual love. Confrontation helps us to align with and ultimately experience this design. Couple thoughts. How has confrontation helped to uncover unmet needs in a conflict? How has confrontation helped lead to stronger connections in your relationships? Anybody want to throw some, give a testimony? I got to give you this. confrontation help my relationships um, fix problems that's that's something that helped both of us get better as a person person <laughs> so I'm just I'm kidding I'm kidding I'll leave that for for me <laughs> is, is she going to listen to the podcast? She's going to listen to the podcast. All right. All right, core value. Here we go, core value. Good job, you guys. That was good. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're going to make it through this. A successful, a successful confrontation strengthens relational connections by resolving harmful conflict and by identifying ways to meet people's needs more effectively. You can get the book, you can take screenshots. I did print out notes, probably never will, sorry. <clears throat> uh, here we go, yeah. Nobody else is Jumping up, oh. You can cut that out of the recording. Foundation stone number 16, when confrontation doesn't go well. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said to him. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Matthew eighteen twenty-one through 22. In other words, in other words, there's no number on it. You just got to forgive. I think, um, yeah, I think when we, we end this session tonight, we're just going to, we're going to do a little sozo ministry, just one tool. We're just going to ask Father God to show us if, if there's anything in us, any, any person that we need to forgive. You know, I was listening to, as many of us in the world right now have been listening to all these stories about Lonnie Frisbee. And you know, if you don't know who he is, it's okay. I'm not going to go into the details. But the, the guy was so powerfully used by God to ignite the Calvary Chapel, Jesus People Movement, and then the Vineyard Movement. And then he went off into obscurity and died of AIDS. It's a sad story. It's sad. It's really sad. But, but he had so many wounds, so many wounds from leaders in his life, from childhood all the way up through the years. 
why was I even mentioning that? I don't even remember now. There was a reason. Okay, so here we go. You did everything you could to set up a successful confrontation. You prayed. Oh, that's right. Forgiving. Forgiving. We're going to do that. You prayed and you forgave from your heart. You asked respectful questions. Communicated the issues as clearly and humbly as you could. You took responsibility for your part and made your appeal to fix the issue and reconcile the relationship. You brought in a mediator to keep things safe and accountable. You followed the biblical process of successive confrontations. Successive? Maybe it should be successful. Anyway, despite all this, the other person unfortunately refused to adjust and repair your connection. What now? Sometimes this is, this is how it happens. People, it, it takes two to tango, and it takes two to, to bring it back together. You can't work on the issue harder than they will work on it. You have to own your part, and they have to own their part. And if they're willing to come together and work with you to strengthen the connection, to heal it, then you got to win. But sometimes the other person, and this is perfect example in church experiences, people just cut and run. They cut and run. It's sad. It, it, it's heartbreaking. Because sometimes you're, you're, you're left wondering, what did I do? You didn't even give me a chance to you know, clear my heart and make sure there was something that was you know, maybe misunderstood. No, no opportunity given. They just leave you wondering, which can all, all, also, it can oftentimes be more painful to have to live with that. And then you have to go to God and get your heart healed and you have to let them go. Sometimes we can create a soul tie with people that have that we had a connection with and then they cut and they ran and they left without any opportunity to heal the connection. And you have to you have to t- take that soul tie, the unhealthy parts of it, and you have to take that to God so he can cut it. But anyway, we'll go there at the end of this. Maybe so what next? What do you do now? Okay, so here's some good advice. Here's some good keys, some tools to help you, to help me navigate through this when the other person doesn't want to work, work it out with us. Wait and pray. Sometimes people will process the confrontation, and then they will come to terms with the issues and decide to work on reconciliation. Pray for grace to be patient and leave room for this change of heart. Patience goes a long ways, guys. We gotta be patient with one another and give people grace and time to work through stuff. You can grieve. It's okay, guys. If you need to go cry, get your big pillow, cry your eyes out. No, grieve. This person has broken your heart. While you can still hold on to hope that they will have a change of heart, they have caused a painful loss that has put you in a grieving process. I've been there, and I think many in this room have been there too. Thirdly, so wait and pray. Be patient. Go ahead and grieve because it's real pain. It's legitimate. God's your comforter. He's your, he is your comfort. And then manage your heart. Whether or not the person repents or works on maintaining the... Oh, yeah, or works on maintaining... No, not, whether or not the person repents work on maintaining a clean heart as you grieve. 
This is a huge challenge, you guys, because the enemy wants to put a little thing inside of you called a bitter root. He's, it's kind of like he's, he's like the demonic spice dealer. He's like, let me open up my little jar here. Let me pull out this little, this little red imp and then drop it in your heart. It's called bitterness. Yeah. You like that? I could, na- I could narrate a book or something. I should do that. I'm pretty good at making demon voices. I'm not going to do it to scare you guys. I won't do it to scare you. Don't want to freak you out. Just ask my dad. He'd tell you. I used to be able to do it really good when I was a kid. So it happens when people let you watch movies like The Exorcist when you're like 13 years old. Anyway, okay. Manage your heart. Manage your heart. (laughs) You can chew me out later. He didn't even know. I just, because I was a sneaky kid. Okay, manage your heart. Whether or not the person repents, work on maintaining a clean heart as you grieve. Don't allow unforgiveness. See, you might feel like you forgave, but it can creep back in. Unforgiveness, offense, and bitterness to take root in the midst of pain, sadness, and anger. See, your pain and your sadness and and your frustration, your, your hurt, is like a fertile soil bed for the enemy to come dancing by and throw some of his little weed seeds in there. We gotta protect our hearts. I started that out tonight. Guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. We gotta gotta guard our well. You know, and if the enemy swings on by and just something in the well, then we just gotta fish it out, gotta get it out. We're all equipped to take care of these things. We don't have to be the victim. Don't be a victim. Set boundaries. Oh my goodness, this one is so important. So many times people don't know how to set up any boundaries and they just get themselves hurt over and over and over because they put themselves right back in the situation and they get hurt all over again. Set boundaries. By refusing to repair a connection with you, this person has changed the relationship. If the person tries to negotiate a way to continue the relationship without working out the issue, in other words, let's just pretend it didn't happen and we'll pretend it didn't happen. Thus asking you to tolerate continued conflict, set clear and firm limits that communicate until the repair work is done. You cannot move forward in the relationship. Sometimes you just, you gotta deal with it. You gotta deal with the stuff. (laughs) You gotta get your stuff dealt with. I know, this is church. If I was with the guys, I'd probably say it, but maybe not. Don't wanna lose my, maybe don't wanna lose my Christian. I mean, not, not Christian, but I don't want to lose my Christian. Yeah, we don't want to lose you either. Or anyone else in the room. I'm sorry. No, I'll just lie to you. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Because pastors are supposed to be perfect, right? Doesn't it say that somewhere in the Bible? Pastors have to be perfect. Now, it does say in the Word of God that we should be above reproach. And there's some other requirements got to have your family in order so you better obey me boy (laughs) girl you're grown up and moved out so no a leader in the church in the body of christ is supposed to have their their house in order their their children should be anyway submitted to them submit okay so set boundaries we already did that right try amen oh and then here we go you don't have to like put the kibosh on someone, if they actually are coming 
with a sincere heart to repair and mend a, a connection with you, try again. Maybe you need to just reach out one more time. What is the Lord saying to you about the relationship? Is he saying, give it time? Listen to the Lord. We are spirit-led believers, right? Right? Am I in the right church? Oh, my God, I'm in the Baptist church. Where's my, where's my people? I'm kidding. Do you have some? I don't. Okay. So try to let the person know that reconciliation is still on the table. Reconciliation is still on the table when they're ready and willing to work things out. I'm always willing to work stuff out. Unless you really get on my nerves too much. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, examine your foundation. Have you ever been in a relationship where the other person refused to adjust following a confrontation? If so, how did you handle it? Does anyone want to go there? You just, you've been there. You've been there. Okay. Is there a broken relationship in your life now? What is your heart toward that person? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, but with God. Yep, you've forgiven. And you're in the best place. You're, you're in a relationship with God, and you're allowing him to help you with your hurts, and he's helping you how to navigate those. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. Jesus, he never promised us that this Christian walk would be, you know, I don't know, butterflies and cupcakes. Okay, you want to? Um. This is, this is awesome, this, this study. Is it to fellow Christians and the person that you love, but when it has to deal with a person of the world, there's like slaves to sin and they're evil. Now, most of them guys don't listen to this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know what kind of person to approach, especially the ones you love. But I'm just wondering... When it comes to relationship of a worldly person, somebody who's not saved, that's total in sin and everything. Um, Good question. I, I personally, I would say if if you are relating to a, a non-believer that has um, affecting you in the relationship in a negative way, that's where the boundaries have to come in place. And the. I don't know if it's the majority of this, but much of what we're talking about is in the kingdom. It is. These are kingdom values. But, but the people that are in the world, they were born to carry this stuff. They were wired for this. But the enemy has come up and he's messed up everyone's wiring and got them to do unhealthy things. But you can teach. You can be, you can be an example to them and, and give them some tools. I gave a coworker. I won't even say anything about this person. I won't even say if it's a male or female. This person had a relationship with someone, and they they didn't like the person calling them, and I, I gave them a, a tool. I said, you know what you could do? You can, uh, you know, I just, I don't even remember if I talked about the power of your words and decrees and things, but when you say something, when you, when you make a vow, whether you're a Christian or not, your words are powerful. 
Something happens in the supernatural that you may not even realize as a non-believer is happening, but when you make a vow, I will never forgive them. Oh, man. You can help people without using Christianese to undo some of that stuff. You can help a non-believer cut a soul tie by just giving them pictures of what it kind of looks like in relational connections. It's like this invisible tether that we have. I, I walked them through just, uh, you know, I said, do you have any method of prayer? Do you ever talk to God? And they said, yeah. I said, well, when you get with God, just say, God, I want to I cut that, that tie that I have with that person. And I want to send back to them any part of them that I'm retaining and I want to receive back from them any part of me that they are retaining. And I receive that back. They wouldn't really know how to pray this part, but washed through the blood of Jesus. I receive that back. That part of me that they have, I receive it back, washed through the blood of Jesus. And I sever, I cut that soul tie. And then I, I do give them a little warning. I said, don't be surprised if they feel something happened and they try to reach out to you right away. It's bizarre, but that's just how the realm of the Spirit works and covenants. Anyway, I'm not an expert in that stuff, so you guys okay? Man, we should get moving. Amen? Okay. Is there a broken relationship in your life? What is your heart toward that person? This is just, I would say right now, just take a, allow God to do a, an inventory with you. Just before him now, just lay your heart out and say, God, is there a broken relationship in my life? What is my heart toward the person? You know, with him, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. He can heal your heart. He can heal those wounds. And he can actually reconcile and heal that relationship. Core value. And we're at the end of it in a second here. Core value, when people fail to resolve conflict and repair connection following a confrontation, honoring responses, okay, this is our part. We want to have honoring responses. We don't want to go get with someone and start, oh, I almost said it, you know, the word for a dog. We don't want to start yakking. Here, I'll use that word instead. I'm trying to be careful. Yeah, gossip. We don't want to, we don't, we've, we chose to forgive, but then we go to someone who we trust. You know, we're like, they're so, such buggers, you know, stinkers. That's their, you know what I mean when I say these words. There's worse words you can use, but hey, let's just keep this, not even PG, we'll keep it G, right? G. All right. When people fail to resolve conflict, conflict and repair connection, fall in confrontation, honoring responses include forgiveness, setting boundaries, and carrying hope for future repentance and reconciliation. And that would be underlined for you, right? Hope, hope for future repentance on their part and reconciliation. Here's a key. You have a, you have a little indicate, like an in, you have an engine check light inside of you. It's called hope. You do. It's, it's called hope. And you can, you can go spend some time with the Lord tonight if you want. You can say, Lord, is there any place inside of me that, that I don't have hope? Do I have permission to not have hope about this? Are you hopeless, Lord? 
God, are you hopeless about this situation where I don't have hope? See, every area, and I'm quoting Francis Frangipan. You can look him up yourself if you want. I don't even know how to spell it, but I know how to say it, sort of. You can look up Francis Frangipan. Francis Frangipan. Frangipane. Huh? Frangipane. I said it wrong. Dumb high school dropout. <laughs> Francis Frangipane said, and here's, here's a powerful tool, any area inside of your life that is not glistening with hope. Look, look at your heart. Is there anything in there that's not glistening with hope? Any circumstance, any relationship, any uh, how you see God, whatever, your, yourself. If, if there's any area inside of you that, that does not shine with hope, that area in your life is under the influence of a lie. And that lie comes from the pit of hell. It comes from the devil. And that lie can become a stronghold in your life, a stronghold in your thinking. Okay, we're going we're gonna to finish this. I don't want to preach. Cultural effects, stronger people. People receive healing and greater freedom from problematic beliefs and wounds that are keeping them from living as honoring sons and daughters. This is what it looks like to be stronger people. People grow in their ability to be vulnerable, to manage anxiety, to communicate bravely, and to adjust to other people. Stronger connections. So stronger people, now stronger connections. Disconnected relationships are repaired, and the issues that cause the disconnect are resolved. People develop improved patterns of behavior and interaction that meet needs more effectively and build intimacy. There's a lot of words here. I feel like i got to rush through it, guys, but get the book. Get the book. We have copies of it. Response to unsuccessful confrontation. Healthy boundaries are set up to prevent continued conflict, even as hope is maintained for the person or people to repent and reconcile. Healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Sometimes you have to block their phone number. Sometimes you have to not respond when they send you a text message or leave a message on your phone. Healthy, healthy boundaries. The standard of honor is maintained by holding the standard of love and respect, trust, and connection in relationships, even if one or more parties decide to dishonor that standard. So if, even if they turn into a butthead and dishonor, we still have the obligation on our end to maintain honor. I know, it is not easy. I know. I sympathize with you. You sympathize with me, maybe. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Here's some things you can study if you want. Look up Luke 7, 47 for stronger people. Uh, Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 about stronger connections. A response to unsuccessful confrontation, Matthew 18, 23 to 35. And what is required to forgive your brother from the heart? And you can find that dialogue in those scriptures. And then pray. And this is where we're going to wrap it up. Is this the end of it? No, there's, there's one thing after pray. Pray. Invite God to increase your self-understanding, wisdom, and courage 
to take responsibility for your beliefs, your emotions, your needs, and how your behavior is affecting people around you. Notice I kind of emphasize the your, okay? We cannot be responsible for what they do. We have to take responsibility for our part. My beliefs, what am I believing? Am I believing something stupid? Am I believing a lie about you? Am I, you know, not, you've got some hopelessness coming in there because the enemy's like telling the ad they're never gonna change, you know, or they're never gonna understand you. They don't really care. I gotta be responsible for my emotions. I gotta get my anger under control. I can't lash out in bitterness and anger. I have to make sure my needs are, are being met. I need to make sure my behavior is not affecting the people around me. How many of you have been there in a work environment or somewhere and one person, they just start treating you like garbage and you're like, what did I do? And they're like, I just had a bad day. I'm like, well, thanks for making all of us the object of your punishment. You guys been there? You, you know that, that person? Yeah, so, and it's easy to walk away from them and start grab another coworker and be like, man, what is up their butt today? So anyway, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say that in church because this is a church, right? No, no, no. We are the church. The church shouldn't have that coming out of its mouth. Okay, you guys know what I'm saying. Forgive me. You have to. Do. This is what you got to do. Do. Write out a list Oh, boy, get your list, Santa Claus. Make a list of personal goals. Okay, it's not a list of people that you're at odds with. Write out a list of personal goals and commitments for practicing successful confrontation in each of the following areas. So maybe you get a piece of paper, take a screenshot of this if you want. Write down a list. Say, what about feedback? How do I give and receive feedback? What about humility? Am I, am I approaching people with humility? What about identifying problems? What about creating solutions and strengthening connections? These should be areas where we want to have goals to increase in, in honor and value for these areas. And that's it. Stand up. I thought, oh my gosh, one more slide and it's 9 o'clock. You guys are like, thank you, Lord, it's over. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're just going to go there. Close your eyes. This is our final tonight. This is the final Sozo inner healing session. Pray this after me. And make sure that I really want you guys to, you know, give your neighbor respect. Just close your eyes. Don't pay any attention to anyone next to you on your left or right. Just turn your eyes to God right now. Turn your eyes to Jesus. And just ask him tonight. Say, Lord Jesus. Is there anyone I need to forgive? And now you can take an opportunity and just say before the Lord now, just say, Father God, I choose to forgive this person or persons and I release them in Jesus' name. I pray this prayer. Father God, what do you think of me? Pretty confident you're, you hear good things because he's a good father. 
Yeah, Father, we just thank you that you are so good. You're so perfect at relationship. That between you, Father, and you, King Jesus, and you, Holy Spirit, you have been three persons and in one Godhead throughout eternity in perfect unity, perfect relationship, perfect honor. And we look to you. We look to you tonight, and we ask that you would impart grace to each one of us, that we would, we would reflect the goodness and the glory of kingdom honor and relationship to those here around us on this planet. Lord, we're asking that you would help us, help our hearts, help our hearts to be free of any root of bitterness. We would just say even now, God, come and, and free our hearts. Just come and wash our hearts tonight. Cleanse our hearts with the water of your word. Lord, would you wash over us now with your truth? And we just take all of these relationships where we may have struggle and pain and disconnect, and we just lay it before you tonight, God, and we say, Lord, would you breathe hope over these connections? Would you release hope into my heart, into our hearts, that with you all things are possible and that we can know and have hope of a glorious outcome in these areas of our lives. So we thank you, Lord. We love you and we thank you that you work all things for the good of all of us who love you, who are called according to your purpose. And we just say tonight, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come because we're in your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to officially be dismissed, but you guys know the routine. We'll probably be here till 11, maybe. Or not, if we're lucky. And if you want prayer, come up and hang out in the front here. We can get some hands on each other and slap each other. No, we won't do that. We'll, we'll uh, lay hands and, and pray for some healing. We'll believe together for breakthroughs. All right, you guys did good.